So welcome to Hex Files. I'm Josh. And I'm Tamara. And we're going to talk about something. Wait, is this Hex Files or is this Cursed? Actually, what it is is a crossover where the person from Cursed is here now on Hex Files. And then the person from Hex Files is going to be on Cursed. What? It's me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so what, <laughs> what you guys are in store for, these are going to come out on the same day. And I think if you haven't guessed the theme um, that I was teasing on Instagram, uh, this Hex Files is going to involve missing people, specifically work by David Politis with Missing 411. Uh, he's been on Coast to Coast a bunch. Um, other radio programs, TV, History Channel. He's got some documentaries out now um, that are actually really good, especially the latest one. It was really good. Yeah. Um, he's got like seven books. Um, that's how many missing people there are. <laughs> and most of them focus on national parks and stuff. So this Hex Files is on Cursed. If you want to hear the new Cursed episode, which will be about abductions, aliens, astral travel, communication, things like that, and hag writing and sleep paralysis, because there's arguments for all that, but I'm going to have Alex on to talk about that. And that Cursed episode will be on Hex Files. You know, we've got some, some new listeners and stuff. Our event went well. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, Gather the Witches. I think you can still proact- proactively, retroactively <laughs> buy tickets and still have access to all the great um, things. So we hope you had a good Samhain and a good Halloween. We did. Um, if you want to see our live Ouija session. Uh, I say Ouija, but it ended up having a spirit box, a pendulum, all that involved. That's on our Instagram, um, and we're going to do some more stuff with her. I think we'll, we might get an episode out of her with the story and have some of the people on the header before us. Yeah. And I think we'll do some, I think we'll do some, like, special investigations on Patreon. If you're a patron, um, we, I added some things to the tiers, For the $10 tier, you're going to get access. There's still a lot more coming. Um, But right now I added, um, you can get your a a monthly divination. That can be, it's going to change though. It can be tea, it could be runes, it could be dice, cards, tarot, bones. We'll figure it out. I think it's very exciting. Yeah, but we want to try tea. I said tea. Um, (laughs) But we thought, you know, it would be maybe fun to, to do it that way. Um, right now we're at the cusp of having like enough people to get through, but if that escalates, we'll do like maybe a, a group thing, but, and I think later there'll be some benefits where you get like one-on-ones, um, for higher tiers. Um, but right now for, uh, the $10 tier, I think we're going to add in more like, hopefully through YouTube, like some live streams that are $10 and up only, and maybe you can get access to like part of our investigations or, we're going to go to the Dismal Swamp next weekend. So excited. Right. I hope it's dismal. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like it's going to rain. Um, and our friend um, is going to hopefully meet us there and help us on the investigation. She's kind of from that area. Yeah. Um, she's got us some cool art. Can't wait to get. Super excited. Um, but she's on Discord. Salvo Sea Witch. I don't want to like out her <laughs> name. Um, but no, she's... She's familiar with that area, so um, 
yeah, we'll check it out. We did not get the van, but we did get a primitive cabin. Um, it's going to be cold. But we're going to have heat. Yes, we'll have heat. We'll have a fire, too. Send help. <laughs> um, but uh, I've got casting powder in case we find any tracks um, from animals or hopefully big foots. Um, or can't... medium foots. Medium foots or small foots. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to try out the Fleer in like like on the cake like on the on in the, the in the field yes um in the swamp but uh I think if we have service there which it seems like we might yeah. there's a good chance we'll do like maybe a live like round table Q&A at a campfire or something like that for just those specific patrons but like I said that's kind of what we want to do going forward is have more live streaming more like exclusive content on there than just the bonus episodes uh so anyway that was a whole little spiel but that just changed because it's a new month so you might look there and see those differences but i thought what would be cool to do with betty like a live stream with those patrons mm -hmm. where they can ask questions while we're doing like the spirit box or the estes method yes, and we'll, I we'll, like that idea. <laughs> we'll share some like some of the investigations we do with her um to the public of course and talk about it on the show and post those on youtube as like a public link but um we have some great supporters and we want to do more and help there and i mean there'll be more q a's too that like every like most patrons can join in on things like that but that live stream that you know can get bogged down with too many people <laughs> we'll see but that's a good problem to have anyway now that that's out of the way um like i said you're hearing this on cursed once you're done with this or if you're coming over from the other one, um, they're kind of related in a way, I think. Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. So when you've got abductions, um, part of that is like being taken. Um, whether or not you believe that's sleep paralysis or hag riding, things like that, um, we'll get into. And I think I'm going to try to talk Alex into talking about his abduction story uh, on Patreon. Yes. Patreon. I can't wait to hear um, that. So, yeah, um, his alleged abduction um, a couple of times, I think. But I'll let him get into that. But with these people that go missing, you're going to hear, if you're not familiar with these, they are some of the most bone-chilling, mystifying, creepy, mysterious, I don't fucking know cases. And like he says, if you read the books, you start to get a better picture. Because there's people that speculate... Well, maybe it was a serial killer. Maybe they were kidnapped. Maybe it was parents for a lot of these kids that go missing. Maybe this person wanted to go missing. Maybe it was Bigfoot. Maybe it was aliens. But when you put them all together, it just, n nothing fits. Yeah, it rationally does not make sense. It does right. not add up. Right. So there is there are some, like, I guess, criteria. So David Politis is a former um, law enforcement. He's a He was a detective. Now he's a um, investigator. So he does a lot of work. Um, they've investigated thousands of cases. Um, one of, he's, he's known to say uh, very often that if you knew the sheer number of people that go missing under these weird circumstances, um, you wouldn't go into national parks anymore. Like the Dismal Swamp? Like the Dismal Swamp, which we're oh. going to. Um, so what better time to talk about it? And fingers crossed, we depending on, because we're recording this on... Um, God, what's going on today? What was happening today? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the election results, we might try to get missing. 
Um, At least halfway taken so we can come back and tell. Right. So I'm drinking, but this gets real weird and really creepy and it makes my skin crawl. It gives me goosebumps. It's something that I've heard years and years and years ago on Coast to Coast, and I've listened to every like single one of his things. <laughs> I have not. His books were harder to find. I think they're a little bit easier now, but um, I would love to like get in all his books. Um, God, I've got a lot of shit to read. So, but some of the things he doesn't just in, they don't just investigate um, missing people. It has to fit this certain criteria. There's like the checklist of like. 10 or 12 things, right? Right. And he said maybe like 2% out of all these missing things that they hear about might be enough to fit their case. Most people are found um, dead or alive within a few days. Mm-hmm. After that, they usually call off the search missions or search efforts. And um, then it's just kind of like body retrieval, I think, is what they assume, especially when you talk about kids. But you'll see some of these things are weird because kids are usually found within... Um, it's like a two mile radius, uh, within 24 hours of going missing. Cause most of these kids are like two and four, like they don't get far. Yeah. They got little legs. Right. But you'll hear in some of these stories that they're found in impossible places if they're found at all. Um, it happens to adults, um, children, but it does seem to favor young, young children and elderly people there are those people in between that it does get but um it leans towards people with mild to severe disabilities that can be physical that can be developmental um i've heard them anyone from down syndrome to people that have had like missing limbs so it's a very weird spectrum but there seems to be these like things so they have to, there cannot be any signs of predation. If it looks like, if they find clothes that were torn up, if they find blood or bones with teeth, they throw those out. They don't even bother with those because they're like an animal. You know, people yeah. go, people get attacked by animals all the time. Uh, if there's like trauma, if they find a body or bones that looks like they fell or they, and it's an accidental death or something like that, they ignore it. Um, if it's just a generic missing, it really has to fit these criteria. And then there's also these, um, which I'll get into more later, certain things that line up. There's clusters yeah, um, across the United States, in Canada, and I believe he said within six countries. And he said, I suspect there's more, but there's language barriers. Yeah. And so he's like, this is probably a worldwide thing, and there's no telling how long it's gone on. So... That's kind of a little background on, like, how they decide their cases. Um, What you'll find, too, when you look at his research is they don't usually get approval for some of these cases. They find that the National Park Service does not have, so they say, they do not track these. They do not keep a record of missing people. They do not have a file on missing people. And... They've not been tracking in. There's cases that go back to the 1800s. Um, Seems a little negligent. Right. And he said there's no reason with the technology that we have that these should not be tracking them. And some of his theories are maybe they don't want the panic. But he was like on the back end, it seems like he's like there's a lot of like local law enforcement that aren't aware of some of these. 
national parks don't know what the other ones are doing so he's like it's almost like a purposeful neglect to record these um and when he did say at one point he said a couple times he's tried to get a list and they said there's no list and then other times it says well that list might cost you like a couple million dollars and he was like there's no reason that it should why would it cost anything exactly because there's there's something and he's very careful he does do he he's done bigfoot research and he probably still does but he's very careful not to pull them in together um you know what i mean like he doesn't yeah he doesn't say correlation and causation right but some of the profile points are there's always a point of separation um where these people will turn around and the next minute they look back that person's gone they were in sight they walked behind a tree and then they just disappeared it's almost like they fell like they just vanished yeah um and it's terrifying because this isn't well he was gone all day and the next day we went to look for him yes there's some cases like that but most of these are i turned my back for five minutes to get something out of the house they were in the yard they were gone and it's just insane like I, i'm gonna have goosebumps this whole thing <laughs> because this really gets me but some of the other profile points uh like i said no predation odd weather seems to surround events either a few days before a disappearance a few days after a disappearance or during a disappearance um and there's like no signs of being suicidal or wanting to disappear in the cases that they pick up um boulder fields and granite oh, yeah. are always found in these sites and a lot of these you'd be weird it's weird how much they find in like boulder fields or they find stuff on large granite boulders and it's like i don't know why right and like a lot of these things are like they add up and they can follow like a pattern but they still have no fucking idea now i have a handful of cases that i want to read it was hard to narrow them down so i'm going to try to get through them but some other things to know people are found uh some of these kids are found without clothes some of them are found with clothes inside out sometimes their clothes are found neatly folded sometimes shoes are found but they look in perfect condition and they're found miles and miles away uh over mountain ridges yeah. that a two-year-old cannot climb i'm not fucking climbing a mountain ridge um especially in the snow or if i'm lost or something like that um and then other weird occurrences like sometimes there's like very few but sometimes there's strange lights um sometimes these people are found with no memory if they're found alive some people are found um in spots these like these searches they've searched and searched and searched and then like a couple weeks later they'll find something in and around a place that they know they looked and documented they looked that like, was reoccurring right like a piece of clothing or a piece of gear um there are a lot of like uh his latest one is talks about hunters and um he was like you'd be surprised you don't find if you got lost and you were trying to survive you're going to drop your equipment or you're going to use it and he was like you'll find them with loaded guns you'll if they're found at all again like that's the thing is yeah. like half of these and what gets me the most is there's never a solution to these and i know that's like unsolved mysteries and to me it makes it hard but it makes me want to know even more because i want a conclusion uh i want answers and i mean i can only imagine what it's like for somebody to not have that closure to not have those answers 
And some of these are decades old. And make it make sense. Make it make right. sense. Um, and none of these make sense. You'll see none of these make sense. You might be like, oh, this is going to make sense. It doesn't make sense. No. Um, so they'll find footwear and socks. They don't always find the clothes. Um, like he said, sometimes when they find bodies or people are returned, they're found with clothes on backwards or inside out, um, buttons askew. And he's described it, and it makes me think like something is either undressing them and redressing them um, that doesn't know how to dress them. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, they, for most of these, his cases that he takes, they rule out kind of that like sexual predator abduction idea, especially with these kids, because most of these are in remote places and there's no car access. There's no, there's nobody for miles. There wouldn't be anybody for miles in some of these cases. And he's like, it happens too often to be like the serial killer or this, you know, because I think that's some of the, the people that have said. But uh, so <clears throat> one of the, the first cases I have here um, is Alfred Bullerts. He was four years old. I might mess these names up. I don't know. Um, some of these made papers, but some of them like, He's like, you would not know about the story if we didn't follow it till the end, if we didn't dig up some of these reports. Because um, not everybody dives as deep into the weirdness. Right. And he was like, if you don't have an exhaustive pattern and research like we do, you don't see the connections. But these clusters are everywhere. Uh, Yellowstone is the biggest, or Yosemite is the biggest. Can't right? wait. Yeah, we'll go there. Um, so this was in 1938. Um, they were the family was hiking around the river. Alfred was four years old. Uh, it was a Rocky Mountain National Park. They said they were walking ahead. Alfred was kind of like a little bit behind them, not much. They're like, this is only a few feet. They turn around, he's gone. <sighs> so they think he fell in the river. So they searched the river. Um, they said they searched miles of the river. They dammed part of it up. They had divers, they had search teams, whatever they could do. Uh, and they looked in the area. They looked along the trails, all this and that. So, um, was that the Tokolosh? <laughs> or Betty? Uh, this place was also called Devil's Nest. And like he says, some of these places that it happens have these weird names that, he was like, there's a reason these places got names. Yeah. So, Devil's Nest, Rocky Mountain National Park. So, at the time... 2,500 feet up, there's a couple of hikers that see a boy on a rock ledge about 750 feet above them. Wow. And they say they only see him for a couple of seconds, and he walks back back along the ridge, and they can't see him. Well, they didn't know anybody was missing. So they go home, and they start hearing about it, and they go right back up and say, we saw a boy that matches that description. He, I don't know how he got there. He was... 2,500 feet from where he was last seen and then he was 750 feet above us on a rock ledge and they're like we would have never been able to get up there I don't know how that kid got up there that's a lot of feet that's the elevation of Boone basically yes so they dammed the river they searched they did a land search they went uphill the dog stopped going uphill and sat down that's another thing in this is canines don't either track or they lose track very early um Sometimes they're scared. They act like they don't want to go beyond like a tree line or they act like they don't want to go somewhere. Uh, and a lot of them lose like that scent. 
they they can't track them um and he said part of this is like creeks and streams you can't track in those but maybe that's got something to do with it yeah so they search for three days there's nothing um and other than i guess those people seeing him like nothing was ever recovered of his nothing was ever found of his um some of these people have equipment that you're like why would you not find this something you always find something yeah um so that was alfred the next one i have here um is amber rose smith she was two years old uh she went missing on october 8th 2013 near baldwin michigan um this area that he talks about uh has disappearances dating back to the 1800s and there's a lot this is a cluster around the great lakes mm. and there's a lot around the great lakes and he said water is so involved a oh, water is involved too the the great lakes i've not been personally but when you see them you're like that's an ocean it looks like an ocean yeah it's not like it's not quite right there's something that doesn't settle well right so amber was playing in the yard with her dogs her dad went into the house for a minute and when he came out the girls and both the dogs were gone um it wasn't said it was said that she had a disability i'm not really sure what it was um and he searched for about a day and then or they he got you know he got help he got search and rescue blah blah blah, all that stuff that you would do and on the second day two miles away they found her standing in the road staring off like just not moving just standing there she's covered in scratches they don't know what the scratches were from she doesn't have any recollection recollection of how she got two miles away wow um and they said we don't even know how she's okay because this was like freezing temperature now we saw that one on the one um documentary Mm -hmm. uh where the kid was found face down in the snow miles away alive right and they were like he should not have been alive he was a two-year-old face down in the snow for like two days right yeah i mean it takes like if you i don't know they said he had miles is a long way i almost said minor freezer burn (laughs) he had minor frostbite but that was it and he was on the documentary as an older man he showed the clothes he was in these clothes were not warm he was so disassociated and unaffected it was he's like i don't remember how it happened a little unnerving yeah um so this one is garrett barsley again if i'm saying these names wrong (laughs) um it happens yes uh he was 12 and he was with um the boy scout group they all went fishing at some point he falls in the water and he gets wet so he went to change and um i believe it's his dad who said he was in sight line the entire time the only part the only time there wasn't a sight from him going back to the camp was a small little tree line um he doesn't come back and they look and he that he's just gone um all they find is one sock up in a boulder field like boulder field uphill from the site too far they're like he wouldn't have gone up there the trail was clearly marked 
I don't know why he didn't just go back and change his clothes. There's no reason. One sock, nothing else was found in a boulder field. Uh, I think a couple miles away, uphill. Wow. And one of the things that's crazy to me is like these... If you were lost in your child, if you were lost in your adult, and you know you have to get back to civilization, going uphill is more strenuous. I don't know why anybody would go uphill unless you were up, went down, and got lost. If you were at, you're on a trail or something like that, why would you go uphill if you were lost? It's like something's taking them and like bringing them back. And like they said, it's almost like something's putting them back where they know they'll be found days, sometimes years later. Years. And this kid was a Boy Scout. He was taught to be still right. if you get lost. And he's 12. Like, this isn't a two-year-old. He's 12. Like, to me, that's a little bit older. They do say some of these kids fit in this range where they people have asked him if that has something to do with, like, this is kind of most, the most prime like learning and developmental stage like does that have anything to do with it oh um people like like i said some of these disabilities what happens with hearing aids things like that um so it's hard to say it's i don't know like your mind just wonders like is it experiments is it aliens is it fucking <laughs> so um like this says 95 percent of two to three year olds are found within two miles now this boy named keith he went missing. He was found over two mountain ridges, 12 miles away, unconscious, in a creek bed, 19 hours later. Wow. And there was a couple things that he said were weird about this is because, one, he's like, I don't think I could go the distance that he did in 19 hours. Over two mountain ranges. He's two. He's two years old. So. Um, I think, yeah, I think this one was two years old. He was young. But then he said, how did they, it's not typical that search and rescue searched that far out. And within 19 hours, they found, he's like, to me, somebody knew something hmm. or suspected something or had encountered something before. Why would you search 12 miles over two mountain ridges for a young child? Right. And most of these kids, the parents say they couldn't walk. They're missing their clothes. But they say, well, maybe these kids found hype, got hypothermic and took their clothes off. Because, like I was telling you, that's a, a common thing, is like when you get hypothermic, you get, you get this urge to take your clothes off. Um, but they're like, my kid can't dress himself. He can't take his clothes off. He's never taken his clothes off before. And they said, 19 hours, you know, and I'm not saying that happened with this kid, because some of these are limited on, like, the information. But some of these aren't found long enough for hypothermia to have even set in. So that kind of argument falls away. Um, it's just hard to know, like, <laughs> what the fuck happened, right? Um, but yeah, why would they be out 12 miles? Why would they be looking over two mountain ridges? 12 miles in a day? That's, that's like, oh my, I couldn't even hike that. I couldn't hike that. Right. Now, if you heard Cursed, at some point I talked about missing 411. I think it was when we talked about dogmen. And in the bonus on Patreon, I mentioned a case that I'm trying to go off memory because I can't, I didn't find it in time when we did it, but I did find it today um, because that was my goal. It's like, I'm concluding this one because this one is fucking terrifying to me. <laughs> so this is the story of Katie Flynn. This was in 1868 
in northern Michigan. Her dad had a yumber camp, oh, yumber, <laughs> lumber camp, and she was three. Uh, she could barely walk, uh, but when she did, it wasn't very well. So one of her things she liked to do is go up with the dog and ride. They would bring the lumber down on carts, like with horse-drawn carts and stuff. She would go up the hill. She'd ride back up with them and then like to go down on the ride with them. And then she'd go back up the hill, and then they would go back down. She would ride down with them. Well, she doesn't come back up. And Dad starts looking for her. And um, while they're out looking, they find two hunters who uh, they enlist to help them search. So all the people here, her dad, are they're all looking for her. So after a little bit, they hear like this little cry. They said it's a very feeble, like whimper cry. Uh, it's coming from a large, dense, bushy area. So they go over there. Let me turn my notes, um, which are glorified post-it notes. Um, and as they go to investigate the cry, they see what looks like a large bear jump out into the river and just like haul ass down the river and just gone. Wow. And they were like, this thing looks like a bear, I guess. <laughs> so they found her in like the fetal position in this dense brush. And they said, Katie, why didn't you hear us? We were right here. We were calling for you. She said, and this was her quote, it wouldn't let me. <gasps> Mr. Wolf would not let me. And then they said, well, what, uh, you've been gone for like six hours. What, what did you eat? She said, oh, well, she said, well, what did this wolf do? He carried me over here and cuddled with me. Now, some of these kids, you'll hear, like, they say these weird, like, these bears and wolf-like creatures, like, cuddle with them overnight. And they're found okay the next day, maybe with some minor scratches. But she said that she had a hat on and the wolf took it off of her and ate it. That's weird, right? What? And they said, well, what did you eat, Katie? And she said, the wolf got, Mr. Wolf got me berries and carried them in his hand and gave them to me. And they're like, okay, well, this is a kid with like imagination, but they saw something jump out of the bushes. Oh. And they were like, how could a, one, a wolf or a bear, hold, who's, they're not going to hold berries. One, they're not going to cuddle a kid. They're not going to get them berries. They're not going to feed them. They're not going to eat their hat. They're not going to eat their hat. Um, and that creeps me out because she's like, Mr. Wolf wouldn't let me. Like, she was in another story. I, I mean, I've heard him tell this one a couple times. But, like, I'm pretty sure she, like, it communicated with her. So, like, to me, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is that a cryptid? No, this is something else. This yeah, is this is Mr. Wolf. Different. This is Mr. Wolf. You ain't never heard about him before. But he's nice, but like, she didn't say he took him, but then why wouldn't he want her to call? I don't know. It's fucking weird. That one freaks me out. Maybe until um, he could get away somehow. He didn't want them to right? hunt her. But he didn't want to leave her. Yeah. Um, but I've never heard of the ones that, obviously, we don't know because the ones that don't come back, we don't know if they were <laughs> involved with an animal. We do know that the ones that do get returned say, like, well, how did you stay alive during the night? Um, oh, well, this took me and cuddled with me. And they're like, what? So this one, I know these are a bunch of kids right now, but I do get into, like, adults later. This one was on the 
documentary, which you should watch after you listen to this and uh, the cursed episode. Um, this is about Jared Adadero. Oh, yeah. So I forget where this happened, but um, Jared was with his sister and his dad. They owned a resort. Um, there was a group of Christian singles staying at the resort. They were ready to mingle. They were ready to mingle. Worship and praise. WAP. Worship and praise. Yes. I'm sure um, there was a lot of worship and praise. Right. I don't know if they were like trying to hook up with each other or if they were just like, oh, we're single and like for the Lord. So. Want to do Bible study? Right. Okay. So I guess his older sister, he's four. His older sister wanted to go with them. They're going to a hatchery fishery farm what was it called what was it yeah it's like a hatchery yeah um i forget the type of fish but turns out they changed their minds i mean he begged to go so he said you're going with your sister he's like he never tied his shoes so i dressed him with a coat shoes they took off well they don't go to the fish hatchery they go miles down the road to like a hiking trail one i'd be pissed because like you took my kids like I mean, I guess, you know, they had chaperones. Right. But the dad was saying that he kind of entrusted the kids to a particular person or no? Yeah. Okay. I think it was like an older woman. Yeah. So they're on here and she's kind of like watching them. She said they're all at like kind of this like rest point. Um, And at some point she's like, I lose track of him for about 20 minutes and we look for him and he's gone. And they drive back and tell the dad... Hey, he's okay, but we can't find him. Ugh. And he said he, like, he sped down there, screamed the whole way, cursed, went up there, looked. They searched for a couple weeks, I think. And they they said, well, a mountain lion probably got him. Mm-hmm. And they don't find anything. They don't find a trace of this boy. Um... And then, three years later, four years later, I think he was, yeah, I said he was four, but it was from, I, he was, what, three, four, something like that, I yeah. think. Um, four years later, some hikers were going up, uh, a pretty, like, I guess, moderately hard trail, uh, and then they find Jared's shoes 550 feet up from where he was uh, last seen. 550 feet. Like, the air is thin. Right. They said that they had... That's so high. The only people that saw him between him missing and them losing sight were two fishermen that he walked up and asked if they saw any... If he knew if any bears were around here. And they said no. And they said, okay. And uh, they hadn't seen any bears. They thought it was weird. And then they they were the last ones to see him. So not only did they find his shoes, but they found his pants inside out. Um, they were kind of like degraded a little bit. They looked like they had been weathered. I mean, this is three years, four years later. Yeah, pecked by birds. Right. By and that's what he said. It looks like mice and stuff picked and used it for. But his sweatshirt... It's like a little zip-up fleece, half-zip, quarter-zip, was in, like, pretty good condition. Yeah. And he was like, you know, we talked to mountain lion experts and stuff. Mountain lions go for the stomach. And he said that jacket 
unless the mountain lion took it off of him, would have been shredded. Yeah. Um, the shoes, he said, I mean, they were pristine. They showed pictures of them. Like, they don't look like he even had a speck of mud on them. Yeah, kids' shoes are not that clean. No. And they said, okay, well, if he left them untied, wouldn't they have, why were they with his clothes? If something was dragging him, a mountain lion would have had to drag him up hill, they would have fallen off. Um, or they would have been scratched up, scuffed up if yeah. something dragged him. But what's creepier to me is on a log beside that, they only found one tooth and the top of his cranium. That was the only, like, part of him they found. And it was sitting just on a log together. One tooth and one part of the cranium. So why were those with the clothes that were in good condition? And, I mean, these had been out there for a couple winters, like, for years, so the, the, the skull cap looked weathered. Mm-hmm. The tooth looked weathered. And he was like, well, I'm not sure that anybody ever searched up there because it was 500 feet up. But how did he get up there? Yeah. Um, that one was very, like, unsettling. The photo of the piece of the skull and the tooth were just, like, one of those photos that you can, like, hear and feel and... And they were almost too, unless they arranged it for the picture, which I doubt, they were just set there. Yeah, because it was a crime scene, I'm sure. Right. So why would you... If They're definitely placed. We found bones plenty of times in our woods on our foraging trips, whether it's camping or like places we look around. You found them a bunch at work. Yeah. Even with animals that look like they've got moss growing on them, they've been weathered. The whole skeleton might not be there, but... You're going to find more than just that. Where were the other parts of Why one tooth? Where's the mandible? Where's the other teeth? Yeah. It's insane. And then the guy gets his little skull cap, like the little part of the cranium, out of a a bag with his clothes. And he's like, this is all I have of him. Like. That sent a chill through me. Right. He's like, I can't believe this is my kid's skull that I'm holding. A part of it. And that's all they found. And he's like, I just don't believe a mountain lion took him, but my thoughts go there and I think about, I don't even want to think about him being, you know, attacked by an animal. Yeah. So a couple more of the kids, this is, these kind of have a weird connection. Um, Dennis Johnson, um, this was in 1966, he was eight years old. Um, he was on a picnic camping with his uh, family. And his dad says, why don't you guys go look for some squirrels, acorns, go play, whatever. Like while we set up camp. And <laughs> Please get, the, get away from right, me. Right, and get the picnic ready. So him and his sister, I think she's like 10, he's 8, they go after a little bit, they get separated. The daughter disappears. So Dennis comes back and says he can't find his sister. So they look and look, and at some point the dad and Dennis get separated. Dennis goes missing. Wow. A ranger comes up in maybe an hour or so and says, hey, do you have a little girl that's missing? Um, she showed up at camp about two miles down. Um, they found her. He's like, oh, my God, that's great. But now my son's missing. So they searched for Dennis for weeks. Three miles away, they found like a shelter area that something large had been sleeping in. They said it was not a den, that something had made the shelter. 
Um, he and but he was never found. That was all they found was like this shelter. Weird. Um, and then enter not far from here, um, a boy named Dennis Martin six went missing. But he was like, this is, he's like, we don't usually look into this, but the weird connection here is both the dads were named William. Both of them had, um, uh, I guess they both went missing, something about red shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, they both were never found, uh, but both dads kept, um, I can't read my own writing. I, I don't know what that says. But um, <laughs> anyway, both the dads kept looking weeks after. They would go up to there after the searches were called off and look for their boys. And he was like, I mean, the similarities between these two guys, he's like, I just feel like they were almost the same person. And their sons went missing, like not that far apart. But the daughter um, was returned. The daughter was returned in two miles. And it's like. Returned, I say. Like right. I've already like, <laughs> decided that these people um, are being taken. So again, some of the unusual circumstances with these children, they're found up steep hills they're very young they're many miles away some of them have scratches that are minor some say they're almost gouges they never really know how they got them if they're alive um missing clothing they're sometimes found naked um and one thing that's weird he says if they are found alive most of them tend to have a minor fever Hmm. so you tell me a fever? Like, what about being missing gives you a fever? Right. Um, so this happened in the Northern Cascades. Um, this was uh, like a native family. Because you'll find that like a couple of these have like the native community and trackers and stuff go look for them. And it's like, I mean, these are people that know the area. Right. And these are these aren't like... Oh, I'm going to go to a national park and stay. You know, it's like, I know. Right. So this was a mom and her son. They were picking berries in the middle of the woods. Um, She turns away and about 50 feet away, she hears a scream. And then a second scream, but this one's more muffled. And then a third scream that's almost completely muffled and further. So she starts running because it's getting further away. The screams. Um, Nobody ever found the boy. Um, they looked and looked and then this was in a similar area. Uh, Jimmy Duffy was two years old. Um, he was in a camper. Um, it was not far. This happened years later. He was in a camper with his cat and his sister. They were all sleeping. Uh, his parents went outside, but kept the camper in view. They were just kind of exploring and stuff. Um, well, they hear a scream. They run back to the camper. The door's open. The daughter and the cat are still inside sleeping. Uh, and the boy's gone. Wow. And they never find him. Um, they kind of accuse the parents. And then they, like, don't really look at it. And they have to, like, keep encouraging them, like, to to look into this. And um, I don't know. It was just weird. It was, like, I think this is one of the stories where it's, like, it just doesn't seem to have any, like, there was no, like, I guess, drive to go look for They these. had to yeah. encourage. But it was in the same, similar area, but it was that scream that connected them, was that they heard a scream. But I think it's scary that the mom heard the scream, and then a second scream further away, more muffled, 
And then a third scream further and almost completely muffled. The amount of adrenaline she must have had. Right. But some of the strange, like I said, circumstances are these kids will say they're taken by a bear or cuddled and left. Um, Like I said, Bigfoot, possibly, or what some people think. But then it's kind of like, well, if you heard these stories all together and back to back, it's like, why would Bigfoot, you know what I mean? Like, What would Bigfoot want with these people? Right. So that's kind of like the, the highlight of the kids. Um, that I've found, uh, I kind of do want to get into um, a couple of adults, and some of these are hunters. Real quick, the one we watched, which was in fucking insane, was in the what Crazies yes. Mountains. They're called the Crazies. It's so, in Montana. Of course, go there. Yeah, they say these mountains are almost impossible to get lost on because there's so many like creeks and stuff running down them that you follow those. You're at the base. You can see. You can get somewhere. Settlement. So, Aaron Hedges and two friends mm-hmm. um, has he liked to go up there. He what hunted, hunted there every other weekend. I think they said he had like several caches hidden out there. They would usually take horses and a mule, mm-hmm. and they would go down this trail. Um, so they got there and they said they were setting up camp. And Aaron said, oh, "I'm going to run uh, just a couple miles down. I have a cache. I'm going to get my stuff." So he goes there a lot. Why would you have caches if you weren't, to make it easier, you don't have to pack all this stuff carried in every time. And that shows, like, foresight. It shows planning. It shows... He's experienced. Like, and adeptness. And what's different from these kids is most of these people that go missing have experience. Um, they're experienced hikers, outdoorsmen, hunters, things like this. Like, they know, especially some of the areas they go missing in, they know them like the back of their hands. Yeah. It's almost like you disappearing out of your backyard, not by any outside means that we know of, just, and people said you got lost. It's like, no, I didn't get lost. Right. But then some of these hunters, they say stuff like, I was walking and I know this place because I come here every weekend. And for some reason, we started walking and it was all unfamiliar and we walked and walked and then it got familiar again and we don't remember how or when we got here. Like, it's almost like it's portal or some shit. That's that's really reasonable that I can understand because I really feel like things like that have happened to me. So, they have a his cell phone GPS tracker. He goes up to his cache. They he doesn't come back that night. So, the next day, he's he's on the edge of the screen of the the tracker. Um, the last place they see him is about a mile down from the fork in the road or the trail where the cache was, and they were like. Why did he go even further down? In the opposite direction. Yes, in the opposite direction. So they they can't find him. They get search and rescue out. They go down this trail a few times. Um, as far as I understand it, they they found, but not right away, they found a few things at the spot where he was last known. His boots were just kind of sitting there. Placed placed um they said there was kind of like a tiny makeshift camp that was kind of like a skew um but they didn't recall ever seeing that before uh after you know as many times as they supposedly searched well i guess that goes on for a few days maybe a couple weeks um and then they don't find anything else of him 
three years later, on a ranch miles away, I guess you'd call it a ranch. Yeah. Somebody's out doing his fence. He's like doing a repair to his fence. And he finds under this tree a backpack neatly placed up against the tree with an ID in it and it's Aaron's. Three he's, years. He's later. been missing for three years. So he looks around and he's like, We all knew who he was. We all knew he was missing because it was all over the news. Um Maybe a few feet from there on a rock was a thermos with a cup. Like they said, somebody was like drinking a cup of tea, just sitting there relaxing. Yeah. And he was like, he, you could see like the, the ranch from there. Yeah. He was like, I don't know how this backpack was here. It was an area that nobody had seen it before. And then that was it. The backpack was in good condition. It was like somebody had his stuff three years later and was hanging out there. But then a year later, didn't they, they were having a party mm-hmm. and somebody went out not far from where they found his backpack a year later and found... A couple miles. Though. Right. A, yeah. Found a human skull and it was Aaron's. And then didn't they not find a pelvis under a tree? A pelvis and a femur, I think. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they also found the skull. I think they said, yeah, there's a human skull. So this guy went missing... His boots were found, I I want to say it's something like 12 miles away, back from when he originally started. So three years later, his backpack's neatly placed under a tree where it's not seen before with a thermos, like somebody was like hanging out. Not not somebody that sounds lost or somebody that sounds, this didn't happen a couple days later, three years. And then a year after that, after the area has been searched, then you find bones. It's almost like something was like, well, I know they were in this area. I know they looked. I'll know they'll find it. I'm going to put it here. Right by this house. Right. But what fucking was it? Oof. That one got me. And then there were, real quick, there was one in that documentary. It was like an 80-year-old man. They all went out, experienced. He had a um, an accident, so he was missing his right eye. Uh, and he was very hard of hearing. And they went out hunting, but he stayed in one spot. They kind of separated a little bit. And they, sh- like, they did their, they they lost track of him. They couldn't find him. They're like, he couldn't have got far. And they did the thing that you're supposed to do is shoot, fire, three, like, missing shots that says there's distress or I'm missing. And the three shots means, you know, this is where I'm at. Come find me. You can, I guess, respond back. But they never heard anything back from him. And then it was something like they found... They found like part of his, they found his body or something. And like, I remember him talking to the, the like sheriff or something. And he was like, well, if you found like, if you didn't find his, or if you found his boots early on, like what his feet look like, he was like, well, I don't, I don't think we ever found his feet. Like he was some <laughs> weird shit like that. Right. Yeah. Like, Oh God. Um, so this one falls under that category. This was in, um. This was in there, but it wasn't missing people. It happened in the Sierras. 50 years ago, uh, in the 1970s, or for 50 years, this I think it happened around the 70s, this group of people would go up and camp in this spot that was hard to get to. They kept it secret. They built this like semi-permanent shelter. Uh, and this is absolutely terrifying. If you don't watch it for anything else, watch it for this. It's like the second to last story they tell. 
and these guys went up there and they finally they kept hearing and seeing weird things like lights in the woods um lights in the sky uh they would see this like rod of light go through the trees and hover and this is not your normal ghost light right and they're like there's nobody out here this is just miles into the like you had to take mules to get here like we had this camp we had a stove set up we came here forever and we just kind of lived with the the weird stuff and then we decided to record it what they recorded is fucking this creature whooping not unlike a bigfoot mm-hmm. and making these like calls and they're calling back to it and it's responding and it almost sounds like it's trying to talk and they're like this happened over and over and they're like but we were in the shelter with like this heavy like they built a shelter out of logs and stuff and they had four (laughs) trees that they lined logs up into right and they were like we didn't know if something was going to come crashing in here um they had the the video and the sound analyzed and it was um determined not to be fake it wasn't over recorded recorded over it was in possible for those sounds to be in human range they were just not created by anything a human could do um and yeah so those things are terrifying i think they put that in there to kind of be like well there's stuff out here this is what they encounter it's weird stuff that we don't always know about yeah the Um, the conversations the noises were absolutely chilling yeah i can hear them in my head and i've got goosebumps um and they say about 50% 50% of hunters that go missing um, aren't alive or aren't found. Um, or I think 50% of hunters that go missing are found alive. 50% are found dead. Mm-hmm. Um, of those that go missing, 20% are found um, alive. I don't remember. I wrote 20% found, but I don't remember... <laughs> Um, the ratio, but there's, I mean, there's a small amount that they can't, you know what I mean? Like, um, most of them are found one way or the other, um, or their gear is found. Like these people don't find gear there. I mean, they're like, why would you lo- like haul your bow around? Why would you carry their weapons were found loaded when they do find them? Like if something attacked them, like these are people that have knives on them, guns on them. Yeah. They're experienced hunters. They're not going down without a fight if something attacked them why are there no signs of any of it so recommendations uh buy a gps tracker and keep it on you at all times a satellite phone satellite phone um there's no i mean autopsies are done on some of these people most of the time there's no reasonable death that they can determine sometimes they say hypothermia sometimes they say i don't know um there was a story of a woman, they were at a resort and she went hiking and she went missing. And then they found her like days later, somebody found her face down naked in a Creek in a fetal position. And the autopsy said her, like you would expect some kind of damage to the body after being, or the tissue to being in water. And they were like, um, it, there's no evidence that she was ever in water. Hmm. He was like, so either there What's what's worse is that they're not finding this evidence or that they are seeing it and they're being told somebody's telling them because like the cases with these. Um, so the FBI doesn't investigate missing people. They investigate kidnappings, but he said a lot of these stories that 
some of them that we know of because they've talked to witnesses and family members, FBI agents show up to these and they say they're just observing. And he says, when you ask them, or, oh, no, 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 we, we, I mean, we don't have any interest in, in missing people or we don't have a list. And he was like, but there was one case where two FBI agents show up and there's no way that they could have known. Law enforcement there did not know they were going to show up. And there's, wow. he was like, they knew before it was public. And he was like, somebody somewhere is tracking these. And he's like, I'm not the most seasoned, smartest person in the world. These people are very intelligent and they're very good at investigating. If they're at the scene, there's a reason. And it's something that they they say, well, it's, it's just unknown to us. Or we didn't figure it out. Or we didn't find anything. But they know enough that these circumstances trigger them to go out and look at it. So what are they monitoring? What are they... How would they know? Yeah, how do they know? Um, some other little weird occurrences of aircrafts, helicopters have cr- crashed while searching for these areas. Um, uh, I already talked about the odd clothing. Um, and then to finish it up, this is going a little bit over, but that's fine because there's so much. Um, and I've got like a few stories that we'll tell on Patreon um, that are just fucking weird. But... So these are three older ladies, um, and they're kind of around similar times, um, and they're they kind of line up, and they're just they're kind of they're just weird. I mean, these are all fucking weird. Yeah. But um, so this was in Victoria Island, Victoria Island, Canada. This was Sylvia Apps. Um, she was sixty nine years old. This was July eleventh, twenty fourteen. She was an experienced hiker. Um, she failed to arrive at her pickup point. Uh, but other hikers on the trail had seen her up until that point. Uh, the only thing they found was a cell phone, her walking poles, her camera, backpack. Everything was scattered around, and they searched and searched. She's missing. That's all they find of her, ever. However, 12 days before that, in a very, I guess I was going to say close, but like not very far away, um, Karen Sykes goes missing. She's a 70 year old. She's a marathon runner. She was, this was all Mount Rainier. She was described as a trail guru of that area. She was always out there. She wrote books on like the safety about that area. She wrote articles. Like she knew this place up and down there. Like there's no way that she would have been lost. There's no way that she could have got lost. Um, but so she was hiking with a friend. Um, they stopped. She went on ahead. Ended up going a little bit further than that friend. She disappeared, of course. Um, they said she had an overnight bag, like in case of emergency, with all the stuff you would need. Uh, they searched for her. Uh, on the third day, helicopter found her. They said it was very unusual. She was over 6,200, over a 6,200 foot ridge. She would have had to walk down a valley through snow and at any point could have turned around, assuming she was lost and looking for something. Um, She was found in a gully where there was no snow. So she supposedly got lost when went up a 6,200 foot ridge to go down a snow covered valley and she was found in a gully with no snow. Uh, Official cause of death was ruled as hypothermia. And they said that area is very difficult to access and no one ever really travels through it. 
but they found her there. 6,200 feet up and covered in snow. So this is the person I was thinking. This is Geraldine Margay. She was 66. Um, She had a lifelong dream of doing the Appalachian Trail. So this was in Maine, the part of it, you know, not down where we are. Right. Um, She was an expert hiker. All these women were in great shape. Um, So her husband was a great support for her. He was going to check her, meet her at these places. Uh, along her journey, uh, when you hike the Appalachian Trail, you can have like little checkpoints. People bring you food. Little hostels. Little you hostels can you can to. stop at. Um, so at one point, he, she does not show up. Um, she was the goal was one thousand one hundred fifty miles. She completed nine hundred fifty miles of that. Like good for her. Yeah. She was only eight miles from her next stop. Uh, they did note that it rained heavily. Um, Odd weather. Yeah. Bef- the day of, and I guess the day after that she went missing, missing. Uh, but she didn't show up. So they did a search for about three weeks. They found nothing. Again, all three of these ladies were in great shape, expert hikers. Um, these kind of happened around the same time, um, kind of same areas. It's just... It's weird, and it reminded me of that lady that they found, you know, kind of face down in the creek. Right, in the fetal position, naked. Yes. Um, So, those are the ones I've got. I mean, it was so hard to, like, pick and choose. Um, Like I said, some of them were so creepy and so just fucking odd. And then the other ones, like, I would get to them, and I'm like, well, this one doesn't sound... But then when you step back, you're like, these are all fucking weird as shit. Because of how connected they are? People and just... how unexplainable? That was Floki. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple stories that I want to read for Patreon. Um, we'll do that after the show. So if you're not a patron, um, you can support the show. What we do, um, for just a dollar, you can go uh, listen to handful of episodes mostly from curse but now that hex files is a thing it's adding on there um so we appreciate it but there's i've got such value much much support i think i've got two to three stories to share on there um and one of these i mean they're all fucking weird but one of these is so fucking weird anyway (laughs) (laughs) um like i can't wait to talk about them and uh you can find if you search like it's David Politis, I can put links, but his, it's like, um, Can-Am Missing Project, uh, is the website, and, um, he has links to his books on there, you can find his stuff on YouTube, he's all over the place now, um, if you have an Amazon Prime, uh, the first two Missing 411s, one's the normal, one's the Hunter version, like, they're on there with your Prime membership. So worth it. Um, because <clears throat> I just recently, we rewatched them, and we just watched the other one the other night. Because I was like, oh, I've been wanting to do this, and I think that would fit in well with um, the theme. It's going for abductions and disappearances and stuff. <laughs> the big Baba. Um, right. So, I mean, they are kind of connected. Uh, it's high strangeness indeed. But um, if you like the show, give us a, a nice review. Give us a good rating. Uh, we appreciate that. And um, like I said, this is on Cursed. I'm confusing myself. This is on Cursed, so go over to Hex Files and listen to Cursed episode um, where I'm going to talk to Alex about aliens and abductions and weird things um, in that nature. But I do want to say that if everybody likes this one, 
like there's so much more and there's like an I don't know if it's a rise in urban disappearances or if it's just because he's like that's not been our focus but holy shit but there's like urban disappearances as well mm. um I don't know which is more unsettling because it's like okay the wilderness if you go missing I kind of understand that people go missing all the time but then these circumstances are so weird but then it's like in an urban environment I feel like you do have a lot of chances to go missing but at the same time there's so many people to like know or figure out yeah so many eyes would be on you and I'm not as familiar with the urban disappearances so I'm gonna have fun diving into those deep dive right but I've been wanting to talk about this for a while so I'm glad to finally talk about it it's something that like as you could probably tell freaks me the fuck out (laughs) um super hard for it right I love hearing about it. I need to get those books. I'm, I don't know why I haven't. There's seven of them. I'm gonna read them all. Um, but I've been listening to this shit and reading about this shit for... It's got to be at least ten years now. A little bit over ten years. <laughs> um, and I, I'm by no means doing research on them. But like I've always been interested in it. So uh, when I'm telling you about this and you were seeing some of them, you were like... Oh. It's too weird. Like, I just chipped the surface, but I'm definitely, I don't know, converted. <laughs> You're converted. <laughs> um, I think what's, I think what's scary is just like when you look at the maps, um, that one post I did that's a teaser, that's the, um, the United States part of a cluster map. I've seen people take this cluster map and line it up with like, the under like the large cave system that's mm. under the United States and it kind of lines up close what? and then you start talking about under Appalachia you start talking about hellier and goblins and I mean gods? at least that's where I go and old gods yes but um yeah and there's a couple of disappearances like uh, a big cluster is in um, crater lake where it's like an organ uh, I want to check that place out one day yeah but uh, there's definitely some hot spots. I think our hot spots in North Carolina are definitely almost in Tennessee, halfway split, um, definitely far into the very edge or center of the Appalachia. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, um, or and I think just any national park. But there are clusters. So I mean, I don't know. I'm not really here to speculate because he doesn't. I mean, I have so many like questions and so many <laughs> thoughts. Uh, he doesn't really tend to get in that. He's like, I mean, I to go with one thing would basically negate another case that's similar, but they're all different. And it's like you could say, well, a Bigfoot or a bear or... Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf or a mountain lion did this, um, but it doesn't fit this one. Okay, well, that one sounds like an alien just took him up and then dropped him back. And it's like, but that doesn't fit these others. And they're in clusters, so what is happening? Some of them sound like they fell through holes in time yeah there's so much i want to talk about but we're already at an hour this is only like an eight this is a sliver of all the ones out there that are just it's insane yeah you're pepe silvio with your red thread (laughs) right now but i hope that that encourages you guys to um one look this up for yourselves um do a deep dive into it if you can uh two be super safe when you go out um, one of the biggest things is the point of separation. Like most of the hunters that go missing and disappear were alone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the older adults and the children and stuff that go missing usually were with somebody and all it takes is a split second so like Good god keep your eyes on kids yes watch those kids because even though these are weird and they're strange like these are such a small percent of the shit that actually happens to real kids that they can get out of your sight real quick oh. um especially in like some of the mountains i mean and hiking and stuff just ugh. that's why we want to take Floki. no we're never taking Floki. i'm she not letting know. her get had well i don't want to get her had but <laughs> <laughs> um okay well that's all i got okay bye okay goodbye and go <laughs> listen to cursed i mean go listen to us on cursed this is on cursed go listen to cursed on us us is hex files hex files that's why I was joking, like... Us has been Hexfiles. Right. Um, Hexfiles abducted, or Curse abducted Hexfiles episode, and Hexfiles episode went missing, but turned up on Cursed, miles away. I did a thing. Once you know, then I'm like, I hope you appreciate my teases and my <laughs> hints and my, like, stupid wordplay. <laughs> um, the truth is somewhere? Yeah. It's fucking weird. Mm. I don't think we want to know the truth on this one. Not yet.